At Smoky Bones, meat is what we do. And we do it all while taking our inspiration from everywhere. From New York strips and buffalo wings to St. Louis ribs drenched in Kansas City sauce. Our meat mastery knows no bounds. We grill it, smoke it, pull it, carve it. You name it. So come try our new rib feast. That's a house rack of ribs, two sides, garlic bread, and a drink for just $19.99 when you dine in. At Smoky Bones, meat is what we do. Limited time only while supplies last were permitted by law. At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. Because that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. From fresh berries to fresh tomatoes, we know the farm is where it all grows. From their farms to your forks, working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzone-radio.com. Start spreading the news. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, my producer tonight at Master Control in Titusville, Florida, the home of the Talk Star Radio Network, is the one and only Danny Zuko. Yep, the guy from Greece. That is my producer these days. Danny, nice working with you. If you'd like to give us a call, our toll-free number is one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. That is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. My email address exone at talkstarradio.com on MSN Messenger talkstarradio at hotmail.com and our websites www.xzoneradio.com, xzonetv.com and Paragators website. The TV show www.paragators.org. 
Once again, Paragators are very happy to announce that Brian O'Day, the gentleman behind the uh, Canadian TV series, Creepy Canada, which I had the pleasure of working with Brian on for three years on Creepy Canada, is going to be my co-producer on the series, and I'm looking very much forward to working with Brian again after all these years. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Andrea Stanfield. Now, in 1997, while in her early 20s, Andrea applied for a position with a stock brokerage firm in Florida. On her application, she claimed to be a college student, which was a lie. Andrea felt compelled to engage in the deception because she needed money to hire an attorney in a divorce case to resist her husband's efforts to get full custody of her daughter. After a face-to-face interview, she was hired. When a better opportunity came along with an engineering firm two years later, Andrea claimed to be a college graduate again in order to maintain consistency with her earlier biography. She was hired and did well in her new job. Four years later, Andrea applied for a job with an accounting department at another engineering firm. Now, once again, she claimed to be a college graduate. She was hired and worked her way up to an executive-level position. Now, by the year 2005, Andrea, who was in her early 30s, was supervising 40 employees, compensated with a six-figure package, and managing millions of dollars. Despite her success, the stress of living a lie created a number of unforeseen circumstances that altered Andrea's life in profound ways, including several health problems and a fear of forming friendships. When the SEC showed up at the office as part of an investigation of her boss who embezzled a mere $36 million, Andrea became so stressed she resigned from her position. In addition to her personal story, Andrea is going to be talking to us tonight about some interesting observations regarding today's business culture and the young employees that have entered the system. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Andrea Stanfield, and we're going to be talking to Andrea when I come back from this two-minute commercial break about her new book, Phony, How I Faked My Way Through Life by Prometheus Books. Andrea Stanfield is my guest. When I return in two minutes, live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, Exxon Nation, if you'd like to give us a call, one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. That is toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address is xzone at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our websites, www.exxonradio.com www.exontv.com and www.paragators.org Now, if you'd like to get on the mailing list so that you will get news before it breaks, just go to any of our websites and click on, you know, the uh, enter your email and we'll get you on our list and you too will be one of the several thousands of people who receive it each and every day. I'll be back on the other side of this two-minute break. Don't go away.
Welcome back, everyone. Andrea Stanfield's our special guest this hour. She's the author of Phony, How I Faked My Way Through Life. And Andrea, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you. Hi, Rob. Is this really Andrea or somebody faking her? <laughs> I get asked that a lot. It's really Andrea. That's my real name. It's great having you with us, Andrea. Tell me, uh, with today's job situation, are a lot of people lying and faking on their applications? Yeah, back when um, I was doing it, the figure was between 30 and 40 percent, and now the number has gone up to between 50 and 60 percent. So it's not always lying about a degree, but it'll be you know any, anything on, mm-hmm. the, on the resume or on the application, you know, what they did for previous work or how long they worked somewhere. Just all kinds of lies. But don't the employers actually verify the uh, the applications that they process? They do more so nowadays, I suppose, but still not everybody. And I think um, they were they were beginning to increase those levels. Mm-hmm. And then now with the economic struggle, that's one of the areas that companies can cut back on. You know, as well, they're they're hurting for money too, and it's expensive to have a third party company. You know, do the background checks for your employees. I would imagine it is uh, in this time of the with the economy the way it is. What was it like? When you started this, did you go home that night and say, oh, my God, or did you go home and say, you got it, I I can't believe this happened? I was very young, so I... I was very desperate at the time. I really needed the money badly to pay my attorney to keep custody of yeah. my daughter. And so I was, I was, you know, in a, in a very bad way. But I, I was so young that I felt almost entitled to it and almost um, like I deserved it or that I would be fine because I had worked with so many people that had just graduated college and they all seemed to have a chip on their shoulder and, and, and that sort of thing and had treated me badly, you know. And, and so I figured... I, I kind of laughed all the way to the bank a little bit in the beginning. I hate to say that because I don't, I don't feel that way now looking back. But at the time, I kind of went home and, and said, wow, that was easy um, sort of thing. So, And yet you were very good at what you did. Yeah, I think you I were went ver- in there and I, and I worked hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I was overcompensating because I, I knew that I didn't have the degree. So I didn't go in there with a chip on my shoulder. I, I went in and I, I even though I was a manager, I would file paperwork I you know I got in there and I got my hands dirty and I think all of those things you know helped get me up to the top and climb the ladder because I didn't go in you know with these false notions that I was greater than I was because Mm -hmm. I had a degree tell me did you uh, did you fear day by day that you'd get discovered yes I did Sometimes we're worse than others. In the, in the very beginning, I was paranoid a lot, you know, until I had a, a lay of the land and, you mm-hmm. know, kn- knew who checked what and, you know, who I could trust and that sort of thing. And then as things would happen, as time went on, I became more and more paranoid. As I got into my 30s, you know, I, I seemed to be thinking about it all the time. And when things would happen at work, say I had to fire somebody or... Um, human resources would have a a meeting, and I didn't know what it was about, but I was supposed to be there. Then I would become very paranoid, and my phone would ring, and I would just be frozen, you know. And I and I didn't want to talk to anyone. I wouldn't be able to eat or sleep for two days until the meeting. Holy cow! So there was yeah, there was times when it was very stressful, and there was other times when I was able to shove it out of my mind because I was so busy. But off and on, you know, over almost a decade it was very very stressful because it, it never went away it always felt like everything could be taken away at any moment when you finally did get caught you 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 didn't get caught did you no i didn't get caught i actually quit 
before I got caught. I was probably within about six months of being caught. My my boss was caught embezzling a, uh, millions of dollars, and they had the SEC had swarmed in, and they were going to do retroactive background checks on everyone. Now they were looking for criminal, mm-hmm. and so they may have only ran criminal background checks, which is possible. You know, I have no idea at this point. And so I, I became so paranoid. I wasn't I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. I was just terrified. So. Um, I finally left, but I had been thinking about leaving for a long time before that, so I just resigned one day, and everyone was shocked, and I was a darling of the firm, and they couldn't believe it, and I just left. Okay, now, I, you know, I, I understand that, uh, I know here in Canada that when you're hired by a firm, they they give you the the um, the the relevant taxation forms and you have to fill out the tax forms and the tax forms have to match your SIN number and your SIN number usually matches your date of birth. How are you able to get away with this, uh, even fooling the IRS? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's not the same here as there, but, you know, I used my real social security number and all that sort of Hmm. thing. So the, um, you know, it was a product of the company not checking my educational background and I guess it's not tied to my my number here. So, so you, so you used your real date of birth. Mm-hmm. Real date of birth, real name, real social security. So number, the only, so, so the only thing that you uh, misrepresented yourself on was your education. Exactly. I said I had a bachelor's degree, and I didn't. But yet you did the job, and you did it well. I did. It was, you know, I, I don't have anything against corporate America. It was, it was a great job and it was a great time mm-hmm. um, and I, I think some professions probably require a degree but some don't and unfortunately a lot of high level management in corporate America I don't think require a degree although if you look in the newspaper I, I would assume it's the same in Canada you know all the all the help wanted ads say sure. bachelor's degree required bachelor's degree required and you know and I got in there and, and proved it's obviously not required I have no idea what people learn in college but <laughs> I don't know, but you can be a manager in corporate America without whatever it is they're teaching you. Since your book has uh, come out, have you met any of the people that you worked for? And if so, what has been their uh, their response? Yeah, I have. They've been really good. They, um, I, I had some, you know, colleagues that were friends of mine and that sort of thing. But I also called the company to warn them when the book was coming out, so they weren't just totally blindsided by it. And everyone, you know, said that they forgave me and, and that, you know, it's okay. And 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 you know, one person even said, "Well, you want to come back to work?" You know, and, and, and that sort of thing. Not an official offer, but you know, being polite. So they were all very, very good. I, my husband, though, was not that good about it. Um, he didn't know either. I lied to him about it Ooh. as well. So yeah, that was bad. That ended in divorce. So. How does corporate uh, America encourage dishonesty despite the public relations spin on ethics and uh, values? I think companies have to come out and, and say how ethical they are and how they abide by all these ethical rules because otherwise, you know, people aren't going to trust the company as a whole. But, you know, when you get inside, when you're on the inside and you see all the unethical things going on, um, and, and, you know, and the environment fosters it. I mean, if you don't step on other people and lie about other people and, and do terrible things to other people, you're never going to make it to the top. You know, and I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but certainly everywhere that I work, 
you know, if you had to fudge this or fudge that, you know, to make everything look good, that was certainly encouraged. You know, that made your department look good or it made your program look good or it made your boss look good. And, you know, people were lying and doing all sorts of terrible things all around you, you know, and then preaching ethics. We had an ethics class in, in a leadership program that I was in, and in that class of 20 people in the room, there was me, who was lying about my college degree. There was my boss, who was embezzling millions of dollars. And then there was another high-level manager who was making illegal political contributions, which he also got in trouble for. So, you know, three out of the 20 people um, were unethical and, and, and gosh knows how many other ones in the room were well, you know so it, it was kind of funny just sitting around you know with, with that group and looking back and it, it's just amazing so how did this affect your health the the paranoia and the and the guilt it was it was kind of two separate things the the paranoia of always being caught bothered mm-hmm. me and then the guilt of lying to everybody i knew you know my husband my friends i mean everybody thought that I was something that I wasn't, and I had to play this role, and I was always acting. And if you can imagine always having to think before you say something, I mean, I guess most people should do that anyway, but I always had to stop and think and make sure that I didn't screw up what I said and, and change a story that I had told before. Because it, it wasn't just the lie, you know, on the resume. It, it snowballs into, you know, you tell that lie, then you have to tell another one and then another one and then another one, and you start making up stories about when you were in college, and, and it, it's so ridiculous. And then you have to remember all that stuff year after year and make sure that you don't mess up the story. So it's a lot of, you know, lying to, to everyone, and that's what it felt like. And I was, I was so alone, and so I was bottling everything up inside and feeling guilty, and, and it started causing panic attacks and fear of, like, being in crowds and fear of water, fear of flying. I started getting all these weird phobias. It was it was very bizarre. And I knew what was causing it, but I couldn't tell anyone. I couldn't even tell my psychiatrist. I felt like, it, what's funny, I felt like I couldn't trust anyone and I'm the one lying <laughs> to everybody, you know. So you had all this guilt to bear and no one to share it with or no one even to confide in? No, no one at all. It was, I felt so alone. I felt like I didn't really have any friends. I felt like... If, and, you know, and everything, when when it's all bottled up inside of you, everything seems so much worse than it is sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I thought I would just lose everything, that everyone would hate me and everyone would think I was just a big liar and I would just be all alone and when the smoke cleared, there would be no one there. And, and I thought all those things and, and, and I couldn't get a grip on what reality really was or what what it would really be like. And I was so overwhelmed when I thought about getting caught that I couldn't, it wasn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't normal. How, how did you feel when you quit? I felt really good, at, especially at first. Like when I first resigned, I thought, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm going to tell my husband, this is great, a weight's been lifted. Everything's going to be different now. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, I mm-hmm. felt very empowered. And then I got home and I told my husband, and you would have thought I hit him over the head with a bag of bricks. It was awful. It was awful. It was not only how could you lie to me for so long, but it was, are we going to lose all our stuff? And what about my cars and my boats? And, you know, and, and it was horrible. It was horrible. And then the financial downturn. All right, so we're going to talk about that when we come back from the commercial okay. break. Uh, Andrea, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Andrea Stanfield is our special guest to Nation. She is the author of Phony, How I Faked My Way Through Life.
It's available at Prometheus Books. Their website is www.prometheusbooks.com. 1-877-528-8255 is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. Email is exxon at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our website's www.exxonradio.com and exxontv.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with Andrea Stanfield as we continue live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. The most famous television documentary ever produced was Victory at Sea, which was as noted for the swelling musical score by Richard Rogers as the amazing footage from World War II gathered from over 13,000 hours of footage from U.S., British, German, and Japanese navies. RetroTelevision.com offers you 26 episodes of Victory at Sea, stunningly reproduced on DVD for just $19.95. The original 26 episodes are presented uncut with every note of Richard Rogers' original score for just $19.95. To take advantage of this offer, go online to www.RetroTelevision.com. That's R-E-T. R-O, Retro Television, you got to spell out television.com. Or go to TalkStarRadio.com to get your set of Victory at Sea episodes for just $19.95. Douglas James Cottrell, who has been called Canada's Edgar Casey, has just made available his latest CD, Douglas Cottrell 2012 Earth Changes the first CD in the 2012 Prophecy series. This session features information gathered from the Akashic Records in a deep trance meditation session by Douglas James Cottrell in March of 2009. In this session, Douglas explains changes that have taken place in the Earth's core, changes to the Earth's poles, and the real reason why the polar caps are melting. Douglas also elaborates on increased volcanic and earthquake activity between now and 2012, including what, where, and when. To order your copy of Douglas Cottrell 2012 Earth Changes, visit his website at douglasjamescottrell.com or call toll-free 877-COTTREL. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzone-radio.com. My name is Michael Telstar, Canada's leading mentalist from Toronto, Ontario. Hi, my name is Blinda, and you're listening to my dad, Rob McConnell, on the XM. This is Psychic Dorothy from St. Catharines, and you're listening to Rob McConnell. Hello, my name is Holly Reeves, an astrologer from astro for You, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell.
Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. Andrea Stanfield is our special guest. Her website is www.certifiedpreowneddogs.com. And she is the author of, got your pencils and paper out, good, Phony, How I Faked My Way Through Life. It's published by Prometheus Books. Tell me, why did you write your book? I wrote the book after I told my husband. I found, and I had left the job, I found that everybody still didn't know. And so we were going through hard times financially, and everybody was like, why don't you just get another job mm-hmm. <laughs> like the one you had? You know, and, and, I, and I couldn't do that or didn't want to do that. And I, I, ha- I still hadn't told my mother. My mother thought I graduated from college. And so there was still this whole world of people that didn't know what I had done and didn't know who I really was and didn't understand why we were suffering so bad when they thought I could just go fix it. And so I just wanted to put it out there once and for all. I wanted everybody to know. I wanted to be able to apologize to people because I was afraid people wouldn't listen if I just tried to tell them, you know, to their face that they would say, oh, you know, it's okay, but then, you know, feel bad later. So I thought it was my way to just once and for all say who I was and say that I was sorry and say that I understood what I did was wrong and, you know, that I was ready to move on. So it was more, more to, like, finally get it out of my life in every way. There's no hiding from it now. <laughs> now, what do you want people to take away from the experience of reading your book? What's your message? That no matter how desperate they are, and I'm sure there's a lot of desperate people in, in the, with the economy the way it is right now, whatever they think that they're going to lose, there's another way to save it other than sacrificing your your integrity by lying on a resume or lying to anyone about anything for financial gain there there has to be another way because again that lie is just going to snowball and haunt them until they get it out of their life and i stood to lose a lot you know 10 years ago but i lost a lot more by telling that lie and and living this 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 actress life you know for 10 years and then i still had to give everything up i still lost everything and, and i had more then than I had before, and you know, and I, and I still had to lose it. So it's not worth it. It's just a temporary fix, and it'll come back to haunt them. So my message is: don't lie on your resume or anything else that would be equivalent to that. Um, no matter how desperate you are, if they've lost their job in this economy, or whatever it is, or they're about to lose it, just find another way. Find another way. Now, something I don't understand. But why didn't you just quit and? You know, not say anything to your husband, not say anything to your friends, and just let it work its way out. I think I was in such a bad way mentally at that time. It had been wearing on me for Mm -hmm. years, and I felt very under a microscope, I guess. And I, I felt like it was all I could think about. And, I, and I, I had to just get it off of my conscience. And that's why I told my husband, you know, and from there... I, you know, like I said, it went terrible. So from there, I, I just, I just had to get it out of my life. I had to get it off my conscience. I was feeling very guilty, and all my friends, you know, I, I felt like I couldn't be close to anyone. Um, my, my father knew I never graduated college, but my husband didn't know, as neither did my mother. So it was, it was a life where I literally had to keep my husband away from my father. And imagine that, you know, and, and everyone's friends with everyone. I mean, I love yeah. my dad very much, and I love my husband, and I kept him apart for 10 years because I had this big lie, and I was afraid it would come up in conversation. And so I just I had to get it out of my life. 
I, I don't know how else to say it, but it was it was just still there, and and I had to I had to get it out. How did you keep everything straight? Like, how did you how did you keep what you would say day to day about you know, like you said, you had to make up stories about your 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 college years, and and how did you do that? How did you keep everything straight? It was difficult. I was. I would I would try not to be very specific. In mm-hmm. the beginning, I made some mistakes because I didn't realize how long you had to remember a lie once you told it. But I learned over the years. Wow, I don't even remember what I had said about that. And so, as the years went on, I learned to say very little. If the subject would come up, you know, people talking about, you know, sorority parties at their college or whatever, I just wouldn't say anything. I just I didn't add to the conversation, you know, anything like that. You know, in the beginning, I would tell a story about. You know the mascot getting run over in the parade, or some ridiculous thing, just to to fit in. And then I realized I couldn't remember those stories. So that was one thing that I tripped up on in the beginning, and and learned over time to just stay out of those conversations as much as possible. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My special guest this hour is Andrea Stanfield, and she's the author of Phony, How I Faked My Way Through Life. It's published by Prometheus Books. And, uh, Andrea, since writing your book and getting it out there, have you been approached by other people who have done the same thing, and have they sought your counsel? Everybody that uh, that wants to confess something to me, it hasn't really been resume fraud. Some of it, a little bit, kind of trying to make me feel better about what I did. Mm -hmm. But everyone, these people that I don't know tell me these unbelievable secrets about themselves that, like, nobody else <laughs> knows at all. And they tell me, and I don't even know them. Like, I don't even know their name. And they'll be like, oh, my daughter is not my husband's daughter, and he doesn't know that. You know, things like that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, don't tell me that. You know, and so they, they're they dumping all these huge secrets on me, which is, I mean, I'm honored, but it, it's very scary. And, like, everyone has a secret. Everyone. What's the what's the worst secret that somebody's told you? Um, it's a lot of you know extramarital affair kind of stuff. The worst secret is I know this per- I don't know the person, but I know them now. I've talked to them several times since they told me this. But upon first meeting them, they told me they're sleeping with their husband's brother. And it's like, wow, <laughs> okay, I can't believe you just told me that. And I don't know the husband, and I don't know the brother. Um, but that one's pretty bad. And um, people have told me that they've stolen things, um, stolen money from work, things like that. A lot of a lot of stuff like that. Um, just a lot of lying and 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 things like that. And I, I hope you don't get this this question wrong that I'm going to ask you. But why do you think they confess to you? I don't know. I guess they probably figure I, I can't judge them, so maybe I'm an easier person to tell. And in the book, I talk about. You know, everybody makes mistakes, and, mm-hmm. and how many people are in prison for something they did when they were, you know, 19, 20 years old? And I think back how naive I was, and, and how, how my thought process was, and I it terrifies me, you know, that I could have misstepped that badly too. And I mean, how many people are sitting in prison for their whole lives and can't even remember what they did wrong because they were, you know, 19, 20, out doing stupid things because they think they're invincible and think they're smarter than everybody else? What everybody thinks when they're 20, I guess, and. So, you know, I, I, I guess they, they see me as somebody that would understand because I made a big mistake, and, and I, it cost me a lot, and, and I'm 
you know, very judgmental of myself that I don't think I would judge anybody else for anything they do. And I say in the book, you know, I don't, I don't care what people do. If you reform yourself and, you know, make a new life for yourself, then, then good for you. Did you ever think that you might get arrested by the police? I did, which when I say that, some people are like, oh, that's ridiculous. You know, you couldn't get arrested. But again, going through it alone and feeling like I was, you know, in a bubble and under mm-hmm. a microscope, I, I always thought about that. I mean, I, I would imagine in my most paranoid moments, I would imagine, you know, them bringing uh, the security in from the building and handcuffing me and taking me out. You know, I did imagine all those things. It was very scary. Especially at one point, I actually, um, you know, committed what I would consider fraud by uh, making a fake diploma. One of my companies asked for a copy of my diploma, so I had to make one. And I knew in my mind that was probably crossing the line into fraud. And I, and I was too scared to, you know, go on the Internet and look up, you know, is this fraud and, you know, what would happen to you? I was too afraid because I, if, if it would have said, yes, you can be arrested, I, I probably would have gotten too scared and not done it. But I, I didn't look it up. I just forged ahead. And so, yeah, I thought about that a lot. I'm not sure if I could have been or not, but um, I did. I, it, it worried me. But some people tell me that's silly. I don't know. Uh Doing what you did and and presuming this this um, this other person, which basically all you did was um, lied about the educational mm-hmm. aspect of the of the resume. Looking back now to those days, do you think you really did something wrong? I do. I I entertain the thought of victimless crime, and I think this might actually be a victimless crime, except maybe the person who would have got the job instead of me, but <laughs> that's a stretch. Um, so victimless crime, other than maybe myself, and maybe I've made myself my own victim by you know, feeling so guilty and so paranoid all the time, but I, I definitely know that my lying about my education would have got me fired from any of those jobs. So if they would have found out, I definitely would have been fired based on based on the fact that I lied about that. That was definitely a fireable offense. So in their eyes, it definitely would have been wrong. And, yeah, I do think that, that it was wrong to do that, looking back. When I did it at first, at the time, I, I was so desperate. You know, I couldn't afford to eat. I couldn't afford to feed my daughter. You know, I couldn't afford to put gas in my car. I mean, I used to roll quarters or nickels to try to get gasoline in my car. I mean, I know what it was like to be desperate and so at that time you just kind of push everything else out of your mind and and do whatever you have to do and unfortunately that's what I did what advice do you have for people who are seeking employment who may be thinking about you know exaggerating on their applications or or maybe they have already and they too are caught in the in the web What, what what advice do you have for them you know, if they've already done it and they're they're working on a job, is that what you're saying, where they're working on a job and they've mm-hmm. already lied on their resume yep. and that sort of thing, they've probably made it through the background check period. But, you know, with all these companies doing retroactive background checks and things like that, I would say at the very least come clean with your family and, you know, your spouse 
and that sort of thing and at least have a support system to talk to and be able to bounce things off of and say, is this really a big deal? You know, and will you be here for me if I get caught? Or are you ready for me to just quit and we can just move on and, you know, and be a family and figure out another way so that I can get out of this nightmare? You know, if they're feeling guilty and feeling paranoid, you know, go to your family or whoever you have and at least share it with somebody and get their advice. You know, they're going to know them better than I do. Get their advice on what they should do. If they're thinking about doing it, I would definitely advise against it. You know, there's this is such a tough, competitive job market. I'm sure every company that has a job opening is getting hundreds or thousands of, of resumes with, you know, all sorts of candidates. And, I, you know, there's... There's other ways. The best way is to get out and meet people. You know, go to the grocery store, go to the library, talk to and smile at everybody that you see, and, you know, try to make a connection over anything. And that person could be the CEO of a company, or that person could be the secretary that works for the CEO of a company, you know, and and just make connections just on an everyday level. Just get out there every day. I mean, make up places to go. Just go wander around Home Depot and, you know, and talk to people and make acquaintances that can get you a job. You know, just, I don't know. That, that's the best way that I can come up with now rather than, you know, making up a person that you're not mm-hmm. and putting it on paper and trying to, to get a job that way, especially with background checks, you know, being so prevalent nowadays. The, the likelihood of getting away with it is probably very slim anyway. Especially now when a background check includes a credit bureau check. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Tell me about um, CertifiedPreOwnedDogs.com. Oh, that's my nonprofit small dog rescue. We re- we rescue and save um, little dogs, everybody under 25 pounds, from euthanasia. And we spay and neuter and vaccinate and make sure they're healthy, and we readopt them out to new homes. Good for you. Thank you. Good for you. That's that's wonderful. What was your inspiration for doing that? I've always wanted to work with animals, even when I was a little kid. And, um, I mean, dogs have always been my passion. And it's funny, when I was working in corporate America, I was traveling so much with my job because it required that that even my dogs would bark at me when I came home, and that totally freaked me out. I was like, my dogs don't recognize me, and my it was awful. It was absolutely awful, and and I just always wanted my dogs with me, and so, you know, it was just something I always had a passion for was animals, and all the charity work that I did, um, you know, over the years would always, you know, be with the SPCA or whatever it was, you know, some sort of animal organization. It was like the one thing I should have been doing all along, and I was just too blind to see it, <laughs> you know? So, Andrea, yeah. you and I have to take a commercial break. Please stand by. Andrea Stanfield's our special guest, www.certifiedpreowneddogs.com. And uh, the name of Andrea's book is, you ready for this? Okay. Phony, How I Faked My Way Through Life by Prometheus Books. When we come back, we'll take a look at uh, who was on the show tonight, and we'll also get into our X-Zone crystal ball, and I'll tell you who's on the show tomorrow night as well. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon, live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton. Always Ontario. wanted to play the guitar. With the Victor Lee Guitar Method, if you've got a song you can hum in the shower, in just one easy lesson, you can start actually to read sheet music and play the guitar. You'll be playing beautifully in no time, and the tunes you write can actually be played on other instruments using the government endorsed Victor Lee Guitar Translator. Victor Lee's amazing offer is on. 
online at www.victorleeguitarmethod.com. Learn how to play beautifully the guitar and read music and translate the music you write to be played on other instruments. Music is the international language, and the copyrighted Victor Lee Guitar Translator instructions are available in most languages spoken around the world. Go now to www.victorleeguitarmethod.com. Open yourself to a wonderful world of music. www.victorleeguitarmethod.com. Are you getting tired of all the bad news? Well, then take a break from the worries of the world and play the love game. It's time to focus on what is really important in our lives, our relationships. You deserve more love, happiness, and harmony in your life. Synchro Hearts is the new hot relationship game that guarantees more love, laughter, and romance for you and your partner. It's not a sex game. It's a love game based on all the important relationship stuff like better communication, more intimacy, and lots of fun and excitement. Great intimacy is just one of the benefits of playing Synchro Hearts. Now, President Obama inspires hope, love, and peace for the world. Synchro Hearts offers more hope, love, and harmony for relationships. To order your very own edition of Synchro Hearts, visit Synchro Hearts website now at www.synchrohearts.com. That's www.synchrohearts.com. Synchro Hearts. It's the game you love to play and play to love. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking all our guests tonight. We started off the night with Scott Dietrich, a Canadian magician. And uh, for those of you who didn't hear the first hour interview, one of the questions I asked Scott was, what happens when the bunny that you have somewhere on you has an accident? Listen to the refeed. You'll uh, really love Scott's answer. Daniel Clark joined us. We were talking about his new book, Life After Religion. Patrick Cook in hour number three, and I discussed everything from Japan's next first lady who claims she went to Venus to the uh, health care method and uh, the mess that the health care is in the United States. And my special guest this hour, Andrea Stanfield, and I are talking about her book, Phony, How I Faked My Way Through Life. On tomorrow night's show, we have Jock Whitehouse. We're going to be talking about the legend of... of um, Quasitel Beyond 2012, a magical adventure to discover the real promise of the Mayan. Dr. Patricia Doyle joins us to talk about the merging of H1N1 and the bird flu. Psychic Susan Celine is with us in hour number two, uh, three. She's going to be doing psychic readings for all who call at one 877 And in the final hour of tomorrow night's show, Stephen Lachance and Denise Jones will be joining me to talk about the haunted survivor, the tour. Don't forget, Exxon Nation, this coming Monday is Labor Day. We're taking the day off. We will have the best of one of our segments here on the show. And, um, you know, 
I hope it's... And looking at the weather, it is calling for rain. Of course it's calling for rain. I'm taking the day off. First of all, Andrea, thank you very much for joining us. Great having you with us. Um, any more books coming out? I hope so. I hope so. I've, I'm, I'm actually putting together a compilation of all of those confessions, anonymously, of course. Of course. <laughs> people, have, that have, people have told me. Um, so that hopefully that will be the next one. So there's a lot of people out there who want to uh, clear the conscience. They do. I think it's how, how people feel so much better just to tell someone. Yeah. Mm. Well, I wish you all the success in the world. And by the way, how is your daughter? Oh, she's great. I, I got custody of my daughter years and years ago, and, and she's wonderful. She's an honor roll student and on varsity cheerleading and just wow. everything you could hope for. Well, congratulations to you. I, I'm, I'm so happy for you that things worked out. And I'd also like to thank uh, the people at Straight Arrow PR for helping make this interview possible. Take care of yourself, and I look forward to talking to you again here in the X-Zone. Great. Thank you. Good night now. Oh, what a story. Phony, how I faked my way through life. Her website is www.certifiedpreowneddogs.com. Well, that's it for tonight, everyone. Another four hours has come and gone. I'll be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock as once again we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. And we come to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Talk Star Radio Network. To my producer and master control, the one and only Danny Zoko. Thanks, Danny, for keeping us up on those four big satellites in the sky, Galaxy 4R, Telstar 7, Anglia 2, and G3, and, of course, on TalkStarRadio.com, streaming audio. To my wife and senior producer, the lovely Laura Rogers, thank you. And uh, you, the XO Nation, thank you for allowing us to be part of your life, no matter where you are. Driving a car, in a boat, in your office listening to us here on the X-Zone. After all, this is your show, your form, and you, thanks to you, we are growing at such a great speed. I just have to hold on to myself each and every day. So until tomorrow night, everyone, always take care of each other and keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light.